I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Welcome back to another episode. We are going to be talking about crisis pregnancy centers in this episode. Which is not what it sounds like, Keegan. It is not what it sounds like, which is part of the point. Because so, when, you, when you sent me that video right away and you were like, let's talk about crisis pregnancy centers, I'm like, this sounds like a great resource. Yeah, it sounds like fan... Uh, doesn't it? It does. Doesn't it, though? And then I start watching the John Oliver video you sent me and I was just like, ooh. Yes. I was wrong. So <laughs> I've been aware of crisis pregnancy centers in one way or another since I was a teenager. They're very wow. prevalent throughout the Midwest and the South. And in the evangelical church, too. Um, yes. So anywhere that there are more churches than there are people, mm-hmm. um, which is throughout most of the Midwest. I'm from the Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. So um, that was the case. You are going to see a lot of these. And I actually went to one with my friend because if you're a teenager and you're pregnant, you go to these. What was your experience? Um, Well, it was a little different because I don't think she was considering not having the child. So they treat you a little differently. Right. But everyone has probably seen something like this, especially if you live in 
a Midwestern town or a Southern town. You've probably seen the commercials where it's like women's health clinic. Yeah. Or you've seen those billboards that are like pregnant, scared, yeah, I've alone. I've seen those, yeah. Call 1-800-blah-blah-blah. Yeah. Um, to be in to get in touch with these. Was it a weird environment? Like, did it feel like a very persuasive environment? Well, I was eighteen. Yeah. (laughs) So to me, I didn't really have a lot of experience with these things. To me, it didn't really. It kind of felt like it felt like a doctor's office. Like it felt like Planned Parenthood in a way. But it ain't no doctor's office, right? I I went back with her. I do feel like there was a certain amount of judgment because. I went with my friend. It was just the two of us. She yeah. was 18 or 19, and we were right out of high school. Mm-hmm. And um, I do think that there was a certain amount of judgment there, but in my head, and this is sad in itself, I f- expected a certain amount of judgment. Mm-hmm. We're in the Midwest. We're in the Bible Belt. Of course. I had never had sex before. Yeah. You know. Oh, I think that that's ingrained in us. If, if you are from a religious or Midwest area i'm from both as well i mean i I lived in the twin cities so it wasn't like a you know bumfuck nowhere kind of town but like i was still very much surrounded by that idea that not only was premarital sex wrong but being a teenager and being pregnant was very shameful right i mean it was almost kind of like well what did you expect yeah you know if you were gonna have sex when you weren't married then this is what was gonna happen and like oh sorry about you you know what i mean like yeah. So should we go back a little bit and, ta- and talk a little bit about what these are? So these crisis pregnancy centers are nonprofit organizations established to counsel pregnant women against having an abortion. They provide peer counseling related to abortion, pregnancy and childbirth, and may also offer non-medical services such as financial assistance, child rearing sources and adoption referrals. Right. They can also perform pregnancy tests. Some can perform sonograms, we'll get into that, and other services, although they have frequently given false medical information specifically regarding the physical and mental health risks of abortion as well as giving wrong information about how pregnant a woman is. Yes. To talk her out of it. And they also um, strive to give the impression that they are clinical centers yeah. offering legitimate medical services and, invi- and advice, yet they are exempt from regulatory licensure and uh, credentialing oversight that yeah. apply to healthcare facilities. Because of the religious ideology of these centers, owners and employees take priority over the health and well-being of the women seeking care at these centers. Women do not receive comprehensive, accurate, evidence-based clinical information about all available options. Yeah. Um, so I got a lot of my information from the Journal of Ethics. Has, Me too. Yes. They have a wonderful okay. article about how, about why crisis centers are legal, because it seems like this shouldn't be legal. Exactly. Um, but they are still unethical. They, and these yes. are the reasons why. Well, really quick, I just wanted to mention the three major kind of companies that stem out all of these crisis centers all over the country because I feel like it's important. So the three major nonprofit organizations that are popping these centers up everywhere is CareNet, Heartbeat International, and Birthright International. Heartbeat is, I think, the biggest one yeah. that has the most clinics across the country. Yeah. Um, these clinics are deliberately deceptive. This is so... What they do is so nefarious. Yeah. You can hold your whatever wrong belief you want to hold, but these clinics and the people who run them and the people who work at them 
are so deliberately deceptive, it's avoid abortions by any, any means, means necessary. necessary. They, they, they can scare you. They can manipulate you. They can lie to you. Yeah. Uh, and they often do. Often They have a script. They A lot of them have a script. A lot of them for um, Heartbeat International ha- Heartbeat distribute has, scripts yeah. of things to say. They often have names that have choice in the title, such yep. as Center for Pregnancy Choices, Choices Women's Center, Informed Choices Medical Clinic, yeah. and very often will even have abortion information uh-huh. on their website, which yeah. makes women feel like this is an option for them if they were to go in. Yes. It makes it's them feel very safe. very misleading. What well, did you know that during the pregnancy of George W. Bush, CPCs received tens of millions of dollars in federal grants? Yeah. If you want to be fucking Ooh. pissed off... They receive a lot of money through selling those. So if you see people, especially in the Midwest, you see those like pro-life license, uh, plates. license plates. They receive I money. I had no idea. I was like, I've seen those so many times. Yes. Yeah. And then many state governments fund CPCs through mechanisms such as Choose Life license plates and grants, and they also receive federal funding. Yeah. 16 which states... Which abortion clinics do not. Which they do not. 16 states use taxpayer money to fund these clinics. Yes. Keep that in mind as we go through all the shit they do. Well, can I give a list of those 16 states just because I feel like it's important for these people who are living in those states to be aware of it? Absolutely. Because they are using tax dollar money. Missouri's one. Hi. So is Minnesota. I was very disappointed. The 16 states that use taxpayer money to fund CPCs directly are North Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Louisiana, Texas, Oklahoma, Missouri, Kansas, and New Mexico. Not surprising. No, not at all. I mean, the whole upper, like... Northwest and uh, California, like that's untouched, but right. it's all like Midwest and Southern states. Right? Yeah, part. like yeah, most of the West Coast and then like the Northeast and Northwest. Yeah, yeah, are are, are pretty by untouched by it. Yeah, but just to give you some reference, there are about twenty seven thousand pregnancy centers in America, and less than seventeen hundred facilities that provide abortions. And that number is quickly diminishing. Like, right now, there is one place in Missouri, I think it's a Planned Parenthood, that provides abortions. In the entire state? In the entire state right now. That's absurd. And it is in jeopardy of being shut down. Of course. Right now. Like, it's, it's, it's a... In on my Facebook page yeah. right now, people are posting about it. Yeah, definitely. And Mississippi only has one abortion clinic and uh-huh. 38 yeah. of these pregnancy centers. Yeah. Well, and what's crazy to me is that we are giving our monies, giving our monies, giving our money our to monies. my monies to these CPCs unknowingly, yet abortion clinics get no federal funding at all. Right. And, and that's another reason why there are so few of them. It seems like it's such a difficult, like, organization to keep going because of all of the criticism and scrutiny that they come under. Well, and they Especially frame... Especially in those states. These, these clinics kind of frame what they're doing. The way that they can get federal funding in a lot of ways is because they say that they're doing things for pregnant women. They're providing yes. services, which they are. They are providing free ultrasounds. Uh, and they are providing pregnancy tests. They have however, their limits, Keegan. However, <laughs> however, they have come out pretty openly in some cases and said that when providing these ultrasounds, there is nothing that they do that isn't done 
to be as manipulative as possible, specifically emotionally manipulative. So if you are a young mother and you're going to these clinics because maybe financially you can't afford a doctor's visit and you're seeing that they provide a free ultrasound that at least tell you what's going on so that you can make an informed decision. But maybe you are leaning towards having an abortion because you feel like you are not stable in one way or another or whatever your reasons are that you don't want to be a parent right now. Right. And they have straight up said they'll keep you in the room Mm -hmm. for as long as it takes. Mm -hmm. For you to say that you're not going to have an abortion, they yeah. they call they very deliberately call the fetus baby. baby. They call you mommy. They write things on the ultrasound. They, it sounds like they do a, like a tapping, and they're saying, "Oh, the baby is saying this." That's what it made seemed like to me in the video that I watched. Oh, I'm not sure. It's but- something about tapping, and I was like, "What? They're trying to like say that the baby is talking." They very certainly write like, things on the ultrasound screen. Hi, mommy. Hi, daddy. Which you can do. Can't like, wait to meet you. People yeah. do that all the time. Yeah. You know, it, you know, for ultrasounds, but they they do that. They say, "Yeah, can't wait to meet you," and it's just so deliberately. Especially, I'm thinking back to me. At yeah. 18, I would be so freaked out and scared already yeah. because I live in a sexually repressed environment where yeah. I'm already ashamed and scared to be pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then I'm surrounded by adults who are actively playing on my emotions and manipulating me and essentially holding me hostage yeah. for as long as it will take for them to get a, I'm not going to abort this baby. Yeah. At that point, I would just say that I'm not going to just to get out of there. Yeah, but I mean, I I just, I feel like I would already be, it's kind of like that scene in Juno. You know, I love Juno. Juno's one of my favorite movies. I love Juno, too. But there is that scene in Juno where she's going in to get an abortion, right? And that girl is standing outside of the abortion clinic. And she says, your baby has fingernails. Yeah. And she's like, fingernails. Yeah. And then she leaves and decides not to have an abortion. Yeah. And whatever, uh, Juno's a wonderful movie. However, that's that goes manipulative. Yeah. And it does go to show you that, like, you can play on somebody's sympathy yeah. in a way that can be really damaging and would yeah. work for me, probably. Yeah. yeah, same. Should we talk about some of the other tactics that they use in manipulation? Yes. So they often design themselves to look like abortion clinics and are intentionally located near them. So we already talked about how their names are very similar. A lot of times if there's like a specific city abortion clinic, then the CBC will take a very similar, like if not almost identical name to that and be placed right next door with similar design. So you think that they are affiliated with one another. So you're confused and you'll walk in the wrong door. There was a place in Hartford where in the John Ollery video that you sent me that they, the abortion clinic actually painted their ramp yellow, like the freaking yellow brick road so that women knew where to go, not to go to because the place Because people next were door. accidentally away. walking into the wrong place. It was literally 20 feet. Think yeah. about how far that is. It's not, not very far. far at all. Uh, 20 feet away from the door of the actual abortion clinic. And one was like Hartford Medical Center and the other yeah. one was like Hartford Women's, Women's Clinic. Women's Center, yeah. It was like this. It was barely, basically the same name exactly. even. Exactly. Yep. So some refer clients to contraception, but it's really rare most don't and in the videos again we should just like post a link to the john oliver video we because should. it's really well done 
And in any of those videos that you watch, they're like, oh, no, we like condoms don't even work. Right. Condoms I, work less than 20 percent of the I time. I also read a op ed piece from The Huffington Post of a woman who I and I would recommend, even though this had it had some like grammatical errors that annoyed me. But it's a good kind of opinion piece about a woman who went in, she wasn't pregnant, she knew she wasn't pregnant, but she was doing basically undercover work going into some of these yeah. uh, clinics to see what was up. And it's kind of, again, it's a harrowing example because this is a woman who is a self-assured feminist who is brave enough and strong enough to go and basically do undercover work on her own in mm-hmm. these clinics who knew she wasn't pregnant yeah. and still felt bullied, ashamed, and manipulated by these women to the point where she was like, if I was pregnant, I don't know what I would have done because of the way that they were talking to me. But she says that specifically her quote-unquote counselor that she was assigned, because they're not doctors. No. Although these things are set up like doctor's offices. Well, they wear white coats. They wear white coats. You walk in, you fill out information, you're seated, you're Mm -hmm. taken back into an exam room, they weigh you, they ask you the same kind of questions you'd be asked at like a Planned Parenthood before they start diving into more invasive questions. (laughs) But if they specifically told her that condoms were porous... And could not stop the spread of STIs because they were porous, as in they would absorb. Yeah. Or porous means there's like tiny, tiny little holes. Which would, yeah, like yeah. Wh- that doesn't. Like pores. It doesn't make any sense. Why no. would we make condoms that way? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. And then there was this it's woman. A conspiracy. <laughs> in the John Oliver video, Barbara Beavers. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, that who, bitch. She has crazy eyes. She has. Bitch has craziest eyes I've ever seen. She's got real crazy eyes. She's looking at the camera like, ha, 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 ha. And she actually Ooh. cackles at one point. She does. Like, I'm, that's a very legitimate um, impression that I just made. It's very, very scary. <clears throat> Spot but on. But she is from the Center for Pregnancy Choices in Mississippi, and she says that condoms, when used correctly, are only... Um, 20%. Something effective. like... I, I yeah. thought she said that they would fail 20% of the time, which would mean that they were 80% effective against oh. pregnancy. However, that's not true. And when they yeah. called her on it and they said condoms, when used correctly, should be about 98% effective, she said... And this is where she cackles. She said, I I don't believe that at all. We'll have to get you some of our data. Yeah. And then she laughs. And then she laughs in the creepiest way possible. And John Holler's like, oh. I'm afraid. Yeah, it's crazy. Should we talk a little bit more about Barbara Beavers? Sure, go ahead. So the first thing that we see from her is she's telling, like in a news interview, she's saying, you're deceiving yourself if you say you can kill your baby and it'll be good for you. That's deception. That's not true. It doesn't register with reality. Women aren't made that way. Women were made to protect, and then something inaudible, to die for their babies, not for their babies, to die for them. And keep in (laughs) mind, this woman runs a pregnancy clinic that has abortion on their website. Yeah. It is designed to draw women in. It is designed to trap women. These are her beliefs. Yep. And it is so judgmental in a way that, again, if it was me, I just feel like I would be so easily shamed into backing out, into following this pregnancy to term. I would be so ashamed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. And then we meet Abby Johnson in that video. Oh, this is wonderful. Yeah. She says, 
We want to appear neutral on the outside. The best call, the best client you ever get is one that thinks they're walking into an abortion center, okay? Those are the best clients that could ever walk in your door or call your center. The ones that think you provide abortions. And she said that at a Heartbeat International um, conference. conference. She's an anti-abortion activist who I think she is the one who spread the propaganda. I could be wrong about this, but I think she is the one who spread the propaganda about Planned Parenthood selling baby parts because she worked at Planned Parenthood for a while and she says that she witnessed selling baby parts that is a huge thing have you never heard that i have but i didn't know that oh people still believe that that's insane yeah people believe that that's they, insane. they believe that you can abort your full-term baby and then sell then, and Planned Parenthood the would, would sell the parts yeah yes seriously and like I here's think, an arm here's a leg here's uh, a yes. eyeball <laughs> for what purpose i don't know why would someone want to buy parts of a But I think she's the one who propagated that That because she used to work at Planned Parenthood and she wrote a book about it. She lectures all over the place. This woman is a monster. Oh, she is horrifying. Do you want to hear more? Yes. Okay. So we were talking earlier about how they do provide certain services to pregnant women and sometimes even shortly after pregnancy, but it has its limitations. Abby Johnson says, If I were to open a pregnancy center, I would not have pregnancy items past six months, which I'm like six months when the baby's six months old or six months into the pregnancy. I would assume... She goes on to talk about um, maternity clothes. Well, that's that's part of this quote. I'm 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 assuming assuming that it's six months old. Oh, pregnancy? Uh, Well, because maternity clothes are while you're pregnant. That's true. So she says, are we running a charity? Are we running a place where we want women to be self-sufficient? Self-sufficient, right? Have maternity clothes. Have those things available for the women while they're pregnant, but then cut them off. Yeah. So it's like, they're like, we are here for you. We are here to support you. We are here for you until it's too late for you to get an abortion. Yeah. That's really what that is. And then bye-bye. Once the baby's six months old, yeah, we're here for you. We're here, we're here to support you. We're here yep. to give you maternity clothes and whatever kind of support you need. Yeah. Up, up until, until it's point. old enough that you can't, yep. you, you can't, you're so far along in your pregnancy that you can't um, have yeah. an abortion. Yeah, they're saying that they don't have the time or the resources to make that kind of commitment. Kind of like having a baby. Kind of like pregnancy. <laughs> you know, Morgan Murphy, I love Morgan Murphy. I think she's so funny. And she had a special, I think it might still be on Netflix, where she um, talks about how she has a monthly donation to Planned Parenthood. Yeah. And she was saying, she was talking about her own abortion. Yeah. And she was saying, like, I get it. You know, you don't like abortions. They're not for everybody. Yeah. They're kind of like a baby that way. <laughs> It's not for everybody. Parenthood, motherhood's not for everybody. This this was crazy, speaking of selling baby parts. This was also ludicrous to me. Someone in Des Moines, Iowa said, if people die due to an abortion, later on, a lot of times, they're finding parts of the fetus in, like, the lungs or the heart. And this was from an undercover video of somebody who was in one of these clinics. And it's just like, how dumb do you think the people you're talking to are? And how the fuck... Does a baby arm land in your heart or They're just lungs? saying whatever. It's they like claw a, their way up there? Like, you know what? what? How the fuck? It kind of reminds me of, like, I never went to one of these, but I knew of people who had, again, like, Midwestern South. They would have, instead of haunted houses at Halloween, they would have hell houses. Yes! Where you I've would basically, like, TV. walk through hell, and a lot of them would have, like, abortion rooms. And, like, the or whatever. Room. And it was always, like... 
it was always like that, like larger than life, ridiculous, like babies being ripped apart by doctors. You went, wait, you didn't oh, say no, no, no. Oh my God, I'd be scarred for life. I never went to one, but <sighs> I, I knew of them. You yeah, know? yeah. And that's what this seems like to me. It's just like, it's a house of horrors kind of mentality. Uh, yeah. That's completely ridiculous. Uh, yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. And we should talk about why they are allowed to operate the way that they do. Let's do it. And how it's how it's legal for yep. them. They are protected under the First Amendment. Yes, they are. So that is why it's legal for them to operate the way that they do. And they also don't abide by medical ethical principles. They don't. Though they, they don't abide by HIPAA. Which is why it's so unethical. Yeah, That's why it's they unethical. Don't, they don't have to keep your conversation private. They can do whatever they want with what you tell them. Right. I mean, and and even beyond that, which is blatantly unethical, right. it's unethical on its face because they purport to offer medical advice and care. That's what yeah. you think you are getting. Yeah. You, they, and they dress in a way that would, you know... Make you want to trust you them think, and think that you have that confidentiality. That that's what's happening. Uh, but they don't abide by medical ethical principles. They're not subject They're not subject to HIPAA guidelines or regulations. This is from that Journal of Ethics mm-hmm. website, and it says, despite looking like legitimate clinics, most CPCs are not licensed and their staff are not licensed medical professionals. Yep. CPCs that are not licensed medical clinics cannot legally be held to privacy provisions of the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, yeah. HIPAA, which could lead to violations of client privacy. For example, client information might not be kept confidential and information about pregnancy or abortion intentions might be shared with people outside the clinic. Yeah. So if you were a teenager... They could legally share this information with your parents, yeah, your grandparents, with the community, with the, community, with the father, a small town, uh, absolutely. And when you read the op-ed from the Huff Post, she says, you know, the question started out fairly innocuously. You know, they asked her about her when her last period was, yeah. her, you know, weight, her health history, normal things. Then they started getting into. What's the religion of the father? Do you have a good relationship with him? What would your parents think about having a grandchild? What would your grandparents think well, about having a great grandchild? A, by any means necessary, if they have to physically go to your right. parents, they're going to rack up as much ammunition yeah. against you as possible so that they know that they are not bound by HIPAA regulations. Because when you're talking to somebody in a white coat in a clinic yeah. where it feels like you are in a doctor's office, yeah. you feel that safety yeah. You'll to tell them information. things that you wouldn't tell just somebody on the street. Yeah. And then once you've told them that, if it comes back positive and you say, I'm going to get an abortion and you manage to be strong enough to get the fuck out of there, yeah. they could go to your parents. They could. Yeah. Which is... It, fucked it's, up. It's so fucked up. Yeah. So local ordinances have tried to make them disclose that they are not medical centers and that they don't refer for abortion. There has been a ruling by the Supreme Court in favor of the CPCs, which hamper efforts to curb their deception tactics. So. Which, why? That. I, yeah. Well. I would love to hear what the Supreme Court's ruling on that is. Like, why? Yeah. Because it seems fairly openly deceptive. I mean, I guess there's... I mean, when I was reading the Journal of Ethics article, they said that it was the First Amendment that allowed a loophole for them to do what they did. And they yeah. they can kind of... Or do what they do. And they can kind of walk right up to that line. Yeah. So maybe... They play with that line. They do have trap laws, too, on their side. 
Remember yeah, that's the, true. Yeah. Yes. So they and they do. They have restricted waiting periods, gestational age limits, and trap laws. So they try to make themselves look like they're doing something as legitimate as possible without it really being legitimate. Well, and again, so oftentimes for women of lower economic status, this will be kind of their first line of defense when they find out they're pregnant, or even just to get a confirmation. When I went with my friend, it was to get a confirmation that she, she was, was pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. Right. So. That's kind of the first place you will go because it's free. Yeah. You don't have to go to a doctor if you don't have insurance or whatever. Or if you're not near Planned Parenthood. Go to Planned Parenthood. They right. They'll hook you up. So we went. She found out she was pregnant. If she had been considering abortion, they will lie to you about how much time you have as well. Like yeah. in that In that John Oliver clip that I sent you. Yeah. There was a doctor who was an OBGYN obstetrician. She was talking about uh-huh. how... Whenever a woman came to her at almost full term, yeah, feeling like she she had three children already, she was at the poverty line, she could not afford to yeah. have another child, had no intention from the beginning of her pregnancy to have another child, yeah. but she was too far along now to get an abortion. Well, because she was told she had time. Because, by the way, once again, <laughs> partial birth abortions are not a thing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, only in the direst of medical situations. Exactly. So, this is an abortion care provider saying, I could not give her an abortion because it was too far along. So, the next time somebody tells you that you can get an abortion up until the day before a baby is due, just keep that in mind. You cannot. But she was told at this clinic that she could have an abortion up until the day she was due. That is what they told her. Yeah. So... She, not knowing any better, left, went about her life, and then whenever she was, what, six, seven months pregnant... It could maybe afford to go to a real doctor. Went to a doctor with the knowledge that it should be fine for me to now terminate this pregnancy. The doctor had to tell her, sorry, you have to carry this pregnancy to term. Yeah. And, like, sorry that you can't afford medical bills or another child or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, so... They, they really do use any tactics at all to make sure that a child is born. They're truly pro-birth clinics. They are, and they have a lot of other misleading counseling. They often suggest that there is a link between abortion and subsequent serious mental health problems, while multiple studies have invalidated this assertion. They also say that um, abortion has like makes you... 50% more likely to get breast cancer. Apparently, that is a thing that was only, like, semi-recently disproved, which I was like, but what? how? Yeah. Why did anyone... Who pulled that out of their ass? And how and was it... who let it go on for that long? Ever accepted by the medical community? Like, yeah. who was like, yeah, seems legit. Yeah. That having an abortion could cause breast cancer. Oh, yeah. And they also tell you that... Being having an abortion is like a deadly procedure when actually it's safer to have an abortion than to actually have your follow child. through with childbirth. Yes, childbirth is actually medically more dangerous. Yeah. Um, and they also say something like 38% of women who have abortions go on to commit suicide. Like, yeah. they, they give all of these weird facts, weird statistics. Stats, yeah, that have zero so bearing. crazy. It's so, so crazy. Should we talk about the buses? <sighs> yeah. So... You know how you love to, like, when you're feeling a little lazy at night, just order some Postmates? I'm just kidding. Oh, well, fuck yeah. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I mean, they don't come to your house, but I bet they would. 
I bet they would. I bet if you called them, they would show up at your house. You're like, I'm going to have an abortion in (laughs) five hours if you're not here. (laughs) They turn on like Mission Impossible music. Oh, no, that's James Bond. That is not Mission Impossible. (laughs) That's James Bond. (laughs) You get it. Stops in front of your house. Well, there are CBC buses, and they usually park themselves right up to the doors of abortion centers. So it's just so convenient for you to be able to go in. The video of this guy showing Ew, inside he's of so the bus. Gross. Is, he's so gross, but it's so hilarious. It, like, they have, like, resort lighting in there, which I doubt they really do in person. Like, I bet the lights are all the way up, and it's sterile it's as fuck. Flu- it's fluorescent. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, everything's stark white. This is called, like, Save the Storks or something like that, which is just... Also, but the last thing I want to see, if I'm vulnerable and pregnant and, like grappling with the idea that I'm like, okay, I'm going to follow through the, through with this. I'm going to be a mom. So you have van pull up? Hit that van and that man. <laughs> like, that man is so unsettling to me. Big teeth. Yeah. I what have we been told since we were children? Don't get into vans with strangers. Not with that dude. Not, Not with, with anyone. D- Keegan, don't get into buses with any strangers. I mean, agreed. But I'm just saying, particularly creepy. Particularly that man. He was <laughs> creepy as hell. But he's like, we have bathrooms for you to do a pregnancy test. We have a massage chair. This is really great. Our and pregnant like, women have said they love the massage chair. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like, great. I would not, if, like, if someone lured me in like that, like, here, come sit in our massage chair in God. this van. Like, he might as well have candy and being like, come on, come inside. And it's so crazy. Oh, he's talking about the leather seats, and it's just, they're all... I mean, all if I'm honest, what? I would go on a road trip in that van. Oh, for sure. It does look comfortable in that way. There is a massage chair, plus for a road trip. There is um, refrigerators underneath the seats, plus yeah. for a road trip. You don't have yep. to get up to get your, like, LaCroix or whatever the fuck out yeah. of the, the seat beneath you. You mean your alcoholic beverages. Listen. <laughs> Listen. No, wait. You're driving, so maybe Depending not. Depends <laughs> on what state you're in. True. In true. Missouri, you can have open... You can have... As long as you're not the driver, yep. you can have open booze in the car. Gotta go there. So, just a heads up, y'all. Mm. Yeah, I just I just found that incredibly unsettling because it's like everything you're told not to do when you're a child, like don't get into a, like it's the creepy white van. You know what I mean? Like yeah. don't get into vans with strangers. It's crazy. Um I found this other part of that video interesting when they're talking to that priest. There is a priest from Virginia who Oh, don't like that. Don't like that, man. Oh, no. I thought you were telling me to stop. I was like, no, what no, did I do? No, no, Continue. But if we thought van guy was creepy, this priest guy, guy is way creepier. Priest guy brought a ladder up to the fence surrounding an abortion clinic to talk to people over the fence, and they ended up having to call 911 on him, which he thinks is hilarious. Because he yes, thinks 911 was called on him for talking down to women. Yeah. Because he was on a ladder, get it, guys? Yeah, <laughs> he's so funny. Oh my god, he should be a comedian. But he can't be a comedian because he later admitted to violating the bounds of chastity with a woman <laughs> who accused him of molesting her for two years under the false pretense of an exorcism. Oh god, uh, I'm gonna throw up. He's that is such a sick way of molesting somebody. It Again, happens all you the time. Are preying on someone's deepest fear and insecurity. Yeah, like they they think they're possessed by demons. You're preying on and their molesting deepest them. fear. And what did he say? I'm blowing the Holy Spirit into you. John Oliver was like, "You're doing kissing wrong." <laughs> when, he, when he, that's what the woman said. Whenever he would kiss her deeply, 
It just makes me want to throw up. <laughs> Kiss her deeply. He would say that he was blowing the Holy Spirit into her. You don't blow into people's mouths. Yeah, when you is kiss. that how you kiss, sir? Oh, oh. <laughs> don't like that. I'm gonna do that tonight with my boyfriend. Just be like, "Hey, Max, come here." Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I don't like that. Oh, fucking they. Oh, well, and they, they kind of have a lot of backing from the community. There was a news station who was talking about how there's no plan, Planned Parenthood in this county, but that doesn't mean teens don't have a place to go for help. Um, they have two facilities, one for parents and one for expecting mothers under the age of 21. And that just kind of reminded me the whole, like, one for people under the age of 21. It just, like, brought into my head, like, you know, in the olden days when a younger woman or an unmarried woman would get pregnant, they'd send them to, like, a convent. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like today's version of that to well, me. Well, and I feel like that part was included in that Last Week Tonight episode yeah. specifically because... It was to show that our understanding of these clinics is so so limited. limited. I don't blame this news organization Uh for not understanding that this clinic is not the same as a Planned Parenthood. It's not going to do the same thing. Uh, In fact, basically, their only purpose is to dissuade you from having an abortion. Very often, they won't prescribe you any form of contraception. Yeah, uh, unless you're married, or they may do that. Maybe, yeah. or suggest any form of contraception, uh, of contraception, including condoms. Uh, they yeah. really offer very few alternatives. Your only options are keeping the baby or having or, it up for adoption. Or up for adoption, in which case they may help you try and get the baby adopted. Uh, but that is it. They really don't provide you any other options or resources. Yeah. And if you go to them... Because you don't have to go to them because you are pregnant. You could go to them because you are low-income and seeking birth control or seeking advice. Yeah. And essentially, it's abstinence only Mm -hmm. uh, for the most part Mm -hmm. at most of these places. They don't offer you much of anything else. Yeah. So there's a controversial bill that would regulate advertising for crisis pregnancy centers passed the House Thursday, May 16th. By Shouldn't be controversial, first Shouldn't of all, because this is blatant lying. But They're whatever. lying. <laughs> <laughs> They're lying liars who lie. That's right. So it was passed by the House by an 81 to 63 vote. The bill will now go to Senate. The bill regulates the center's advertising and allows the attorney general to apply for a court order to bring the center into compliance with the law. Representative Jonathan Steinberg says the goal for legislation and government is to go after the, quote, bad actors, those who are, quote, intentionally deceiving people as to what services they provide. That's exactly right. So they're not going for all of the CPCs. They're specifically going for the ones who are blatantly lying, which I feel like is most of them. But he's basically saying, like, as long as you are giving a as long as you have a center that isn't manipulative, isn't, you know, is caring, is everything that's good. Then you don't have to worry about it. But if, if, if you're you doing are, anything fucking, right. look out. If you're being transparent, if yeah. you're saying, if you come here, this is what we will offer you, and not including the idea that we may offer you uh, an abortion and any of that. Yeah. You know, if you are being transparent, then I think that you should be allowed to stay open. If people right. know what they're getting themselves into when they come in, that's fine. Yeah. But as we saw again in that video, um, there was an example of someone calling one of these clinics and asking yeah. about how how much would a first trimester abortion be. And this clinic did not offer those at yeah. all and yeah. should have said on the phone, we don't offer those. Yeah. 
But instead, this guy fumbling over his fucking words yeah. was like, oh, uh, 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 well, we don't answer those kinds of questions on the phone. We really just prefer you to come in and get examined, uh, and then we can just discuss those things in person. And it's because like, he wants to lure her because in you to want talk to her out of it. her yeah. in a room where she feels very Horrifying. vulnerable, Horrifying. when you could just tell her over the fucking phone when she asked you what she wanted that you don't provide those you services. You don't provide those services. End of conversation. Steinberg also said that the vast majority of pregnancy centers will be unaffected because they're acting appropriately. And I feel like he's saying that to kind of like appease the pregnancy centers you're in a way. You're acting appropriately, right? Right? Like you're acting appropriately. So most of you will be fine, right? Representative Gail Laviel, Laviel said, it is not the government's business to get in anyone's lives. I will always be pro-choice, but I'm voting against this bill. Why? That, that's why I brought it up. Because, to me, this seems like you're being implicit. You're like, I know this is going on, but I don't want to get involved. Complicit. I don't, complicit, sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. But it's like, I don't want to get, I don't want to get involved. I don't want to step on anyone's toes by getting into their lives. Well, these people are manipulating themselves into these women's lives and affecting them in a great way. Why aren't you going to stand right. up it's against truly, it? It's truly, truly horrifying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, you know, I just don't want to get into it. I'm pro-choice, but only from a distance. Only from a distance. I don't want to get my hands dirty. She's signing a fucking bill. Mm-hmm. Like, if you feel that way, like, just fucking go through with it. Grow right. a pair and do it. Agree. Agree. <sighs> agree. People. So, well. I have a little bit of this Huffington Post article. I'd pulled cl- like little bits out of it, but I think I'm just going to read a couple paragraphs of this. Go for so it. So that you guys can understand. Again, this is a woman who volunteered to kind of go undercover at a bunch of these clinics. I think a yeah. handful of them. So this is whenever she was at AAA Women for Choice Clinic in Manassas, Virginia. And she says, uh, this is a few paragraphs into her article, she says... After checking in, I was introduced to my quote-unquote counselor, a conservatively dressed middle-aged woman who led me to one of the back rooms. She sat across from me with some forms on a clipboard I was not permitted to see. Much like the decor, the setup reinforced the sense of professionalism and expertise. The consultation began with the standard questions, name, address, age, date of last period, right as I began to relax, the Q&A took a turn for the personal and invasive. What is your relationship with your parents like? How is your financial situation? Have you told the father? What is his religion? Are his parents religious? How many people have you slept with? Would your parents be excited about a grandchild? As I sat there having my life probed, the purpose of the questions dawned on me. In case the test was positive, my counselor wanted to know which tactic to use to persuade me to continue the pregnancy Mm. exactly where my resolve was the weakest was there a loving christian boyfriend who would make a great dad did i have the kind of supportive parents who would be excited by the idea of a grandchild i knew i wasn't pregnant knew exactly what she was doing knew she wasn't a doctor but my body reacted instinctively to her questions with guilt and shame it felt like a kick in the gut when she asked if i had told my brother about the baby and i felt a creeping sense of selfishness i told you the writing in here is a little but i felt a creeping sense of selfishness as my as i imagined the door slamming of my shared apartment my 20s my life would my parents want me to have this child would it matter the woman stopped between questions to comment on my answers and lie oh you've taken birth control let me tell you how that causes cancer and is the same as a medication a medicated abortion Mm. 
I was told abortion would scar me for the rest of my life, would damage all of my future relationships and leave me quote-unquote haunted. I was told the pill would cause breast cancer, that condoms are naturally porous and don't protect against STIs, and that IUDs could kill me. She lectured <laughs> and lied to me for over an hour before I received the results of my pregnancy oh test. Oh my god. And this can go on. Also interspersed with the deception were subtle judgments about my life decisions. So, you do have some scruples about you. She said at <gasps> one point referring to my low number of sexual partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, bitch. Yep. There's more in here. I mean, it's like... It's so clear to me when reading this kind of first-hand account that their number one objective is to shame you into doing what they want you to do. Yeah. By any means. You know, it doesn't matter if there's damage to your, like, emotional or mental well-being. None of that stuff matters. It's all fear tactics. It's fear tactics. 100%. And it's, it's incredibly manipulative because she does go on to say... I truly can't imagine the pain that CPCs inflict on women who are actually struggling with an unintended pregnancy. I left each CPC feeling humiliated, terrified, and panicked, and I wasn't even pregnant. So (sighs) I cannot imagine if you were already... I've thought about the times, especially when I was younger, whenever I was, like, in my late teens or early, early 20s, when I thought I might be pregnant, and the kind of sheer cold sweat panic that you feel... And then going in, trying to weigh your options, trying to be responsible about it, and having someone completely tear you apart and manipulate you this way. Yeah, it's very slut-shamey. It's very... It's humiliating. It's incredibly humiliating. I mean, I don't... Like, that question, those types of questions, I wouldn't even want to be asked by people that I'm really close to because it's kind of like, what's your angle? What's your motive? So oh, you do going, have some scruples about you yeah, with like, your low number of sexual partners. Fuck you, lady. Yeah, none of your fucking... I mean, I guess... But again, you say, like, none of your fucking business, but you believe it is their business because you believe you're in a medical setting. Yeah, you believe they're a doctor. But a doctor... I mean, I, okay, I have an asshole doctor who would treat me that way, but a good doctor should never talk to you that way. No, I mean, they may ask you about your number of sexual partners, but they would never say that to you. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just so scary to me because I can so easily put myself in these women's shoes. Yeah. And because, you know, I actually asked hoping that we would get some stories back. I'm in a girl group that's based out of Southern Missouri. Okay. And I've seen girls post in there before about their experiences at these clinics. Yeah. And I I asked to get some of their stories because I wanted to share them on this episode and I didn't get any back, but it's because I forgot to ask until this morning. So that's yeah. probably why. But I recall some of their stories and it's Horrifying. It's like they go to get these services completely unsolicited. They were shown videos of, you know, essentially like fetuses being ripped Ripped apart. They they were shown pictures. This is kind of like graphic, sensitive content Mm -hmm. that you didn't ask to see that is being shown to you in a very manipulative fashion. It kind of reminds me of the comment that the friend from college's mom left on my Facebook where she was talking about partial abortions, where she's explaining something about how, like, she's trying to tell me, like, how it happens. And she says, 
Did you know that partial abortions are done by the doctor flipping the baby around, pulling them out feet first while alive? Then when they can reach the head, the doctor cuts open its head to remove the brain. That is... Okay. It, it's so... I'm like, I didn't ask for that. That's not even what I'm talking about. Like, why are you bringing this up? Uh, because it's a scare tactic. It's exactly. to shame and scare you. And it's not true yeah and she goes on she's like you're an intelligent woman and i'm you're like you're not shut the fuck up you're not that, that's why i'm not gonna respond to you i guess i did respond but i'm like we are done with this conversation no it's it's a scare tactic it's the same thing i have family members who do the same sort of thing yep they'll post very graphic bloody pictures yep. of fetuses nope all over my facebook page not down for that and it's a scare tactic it's not rooted in anything other than Wanting misplaced to scare you emotion. Out of it. yeah. it's, it's not rooted in science. It's not rooted in anything else. It's it's yeah. so manipulative is really the only word that I can think of yeah. to say because you're you're pulling on my emotions and for someone if I was someone who knew less yeah. than I know, yeah. I might fall for that. Totally. But I'm not. Yeah, the last thing she said to me is, I hope that you thank your mother for keeping you. Yeah, she's and playing that, on your... for me, mm-hmm. was the lowest blow. Yeah, absolutely. I was she's like, saying whatever she needs you. to say. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, and she has a podcast. I hope you unfriended <laughs> her. Like, oh, I did. I, uh, bye. Done. Yeah. I'm unfriending my friend from college, too. I'm like, this is absolutely... Ridiculous. No, you're spreading propaganda. Yeah. You're spreading propaganda. And it's the same thing as that pro-life feminist group I talked about in the mini-episode. Well, she's part of it, isn't she? She is. And it's all such bullshit. It's a way for her to feel like she can be feminist and pro-life at the same time, which I don't think goes together. I, I sometimes feel like maybe people like this will grow out of it. Like, I... She's growing into it. Oh, well, yeah. don't know what to say about that. I feel like I'm getting... A lot of people said to me when I was younger, like, the older you get, the more conservative you get. How many times did I hear that? I'm getting more liberal as I get mm-hmm. older. Like, I'm getting more liberal as I get older. It may also be because of, like, where we live and the people we surround ourselves with, but I think that's a good thing. Like, I think it's good that we were able to branch out from our hometowns and the beliefs that were um, well, I'm just put upon us separating my ideology from my environment. Like, I mean, of course, part of it is my environment. I'm living in a much more progressive place, but also like I tied myself so closely to my family and where I was from. And it was a very conservative place that even if I had doubts about anything, I just wouldn't think outside of that ever because... Because you felt ashamed. And that's who I was, right? Like that's how I identified myself. As I get older, I'm so much more free thinking than I've ever been. You let yourself think those thoughts right. without judgment. Right. And I think that's really important because yeah. I feel I felt the same way growing up that when I thought about a certain thing, even just thinking about it and it's that catholic guilt that's in me. Right. Even just having that thought made me feel so guilty that I felt oh, yeah. unclean. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry yeah. to God. I would always apologize to God if I ever had oh, a, I a doubt that he pray. was alive, a, a yes. alive, ever a doubt that he existed. If I ever doubted anything in the Bible, it was always an immediate shame, guilt, I'm sorry. Oh, for me, it was a, this like panic would take yeah. over me. And oh, absolutely. Just I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. Yeah. Yeah. And that's such a such an unhealthy way to live. I don't think religion should be that way. No, Not against either. religion. Just me think neither. it should be... Just, a same. different different way sometimes. I feel the same way. So, oh, oy fucking they, you I guys. I hope this episode wasn't too all over the place for you guys. It's obviously one that struck a chord with both Madigan yeah. and I, just because it's so deliberately deceptive in a way that makes me so 
angry. Yeah. Like, you can have your beliefs and you can share your beliefs. Listen, that's fine. Uh-huh. Um, however, to force those beliefs on the most vulnerable of our population without them knowing what they're walking into is so disgusting to it's me. It's evil. It's it, evil. It's evil. It's truly, like, it's truly evil to me. And, and they, I just don't see how you could justify it. And I and know that's that what people I was gonna will. Say, oh, they go to bed at night thinking that they have done the Lord's work. That Absolutely. they are doing good. You're, not you're going saving babies. It. Yes. <sighs> yeah, and it's it's very upsetting without giving a second thought to the lives that they're impacting deeply. Because they're not thinking about that. They're thinking about the fact that, like you said, they're saving babies. And to them, that's the greater good. It doesn't matter what the pregnant person is going through. What only They're only worried about their end game. And their end game is making sure that, that one more person doesn't have an abortion. So, listen, if anyone listening to this is in a situation where maybe you're low income and you don't know what to do, just be very wary of these kinds of organizations. Yeah. Bring somebody with you if you Uh don't feel like, if you're not sure about a clinic or a center, but you need to get this service done. I get that. Again, I've gone with people because they didn't have the funds or the support. Yeah. uh, And they needed to go and get free services. I mean, I I would say first stop to go is Planned Parenthood. I would go to, if you can. Yeah, I know it's A lot of places don't have Planned Parenthood in the area. We're very lucky lucky that we have several (laughs) near us. Yeah. Uh, But if, if you can go to Planned Parenthood, if you can't and you need to go to one of these centers, I understand it. Uh, But... Take someone with you who you feel like can support you. Well, and also if abortion is an option you're considering, I would say to continue looking at other uh, resources that can help you. Go online, see if there's like a national number you can even call that can help you. Um, Is there someone in another state that it would be easier, you know, for you to get get checked out at? Could you go to another state? Because they will intercept... um, Internet searches. Yes. With certain key phrases that you use, you will get ads for CPCs. So what's really important is to have the knowledge that we've given and do your own research about what these centers are so that you can help defend yourself and make sure that you don't go to these centers or you at least have all of the information about them before making the choice to go to one of these centers. Right. Don't go in unaware at least. Like bare minimum. If it's something that you feel like you have to do, like you don't have any other uh, recourse because I understand not everybody has the luxury of being able to get out and go somewhere else. I understand that. But just go with your eyes wide open so that you know what you're you're stepping into. Take someone with you if you can. Um, and then also do your research. You know, look look all around for clinics all around you to kind of see which ones might be CPCs, which ones won't. Maybe even call. If you call and ask about an abortion and they give you an evasive answer, that's probably not a place you want to go. Agreed. Because a... Um, a medical place will give you give you a legitimate answer. They'll give you referrals or resources and things like that. Absolutely, that would actually be a really great idea. Is calling even just? I wonder if you could call like a local doctor's office, even if you're not a patient there, and ask for a referral over the phone from doctors. I wonder if you can do that. Try that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I think if you explain your situation, say, "Look, I'm low income. I can't come into your." 
office, but I'm aware... I don't want to end up at one of these I'm clinics. aware of these clinics, and I want to make sure that I go somewhere that'll give me all my options. Can you do anything to help me? Yeah. And hopefully you're calling a person on the other line with, with a heart <laughs> that yeah. will help you, you Yeah. Know? Hopefully so. Yeah. Whew. Okay. Well, welcome to June, guys. Yeah, it's getting hot in this it's, closet. It's starting to get warm in and this I closet. And I can't take my shirt off because I'm not wearing a bra. I mean, you still could if you wanted to. I'm not going to sit here with my titties out. I've seen them before. It's I know, but it's different in the closet. Yeah, and like, it's oh, sacred. No. We're trying to have a serious conversation. I know. Titties <laughs> out. Well, We're not in a Korean spot, <laughs> Keegan. Yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful that it's getting warm, though. I'm was sick of the like uh, cold same. and rain. I'm sick, sick of the of gloom. Yeah, I'm ready for the sun. Yeah, let the sun shine in. Doo-doo-doo-doo. Okay, two different songs. So whatever. <laughs> so uh, we are going to be focusing more on Pride Month Pride this month. month. We are going to be doing another episode on coming out. Mm-hmm. We want your coming out stories. We have a handful already. Thank you so much. Every time we get another one, I tear up because I'm just like... They're so moving. Oh, they're so moving. So if you have one, if you are a member of the LGBTQ community in any capacity and you would like to share what your experience was like when you came out to friends or family or anybody in your life, whether that be a positive or negative experience, we would like to hear about it and yeah. the deadline for that is June 18th. Awesome. And we will also <laughs> be doing an episode on fatherhood or yep. basically your relationship with your fathers. Although, you know, we father do figures. we do have a father fi- figures. If you're filling a father figure role in someone's life, we'd like to hear about that. If you yeah. are a father, I oftentimes I say like we, we want to hear about your fathers, but we have male listeners. Yeah. Um if you are a father or you're filling a fatherhood role, we would like to hear about your experience as well. Yeah. And the deadline for that is... June 11th. Wonderful. <laughs> if you have any sister solidarity stories or anything else you would like to send us, you can email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. You can also get us on Instagram at angryneighborhoodfeminist. You can get us on Twitter at yampodcast. Y-A-N-F. Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. I'm getting giddy at the end of this night here. We just like both did like a little dance Shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. You can get us on Facebook we have a business and a group page you can leave us reviews on our business or yeah you can leave us reviews on our business page you can also leave us reviews on apple podcasts and if you would like to help us out by listening on radio public we always encourage that as well we like it yeah it's it's a good deal yeah, and we are really needing some Apple podcast reviews for Reviews Day Tuesday. We haven't been able to post because we don't have any new ones. So if you haven't done it, please do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just hit that however many stars you'd like to give us. And five stars. Preferably. Listen, <laughs> I don't want to tell you what to do. But but, but, but do five stars. But that'd it's, be great. I mean, If please. you did that, that'd be great. Please. Okay. Pretty please. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. All that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Bye. Bye. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.